increasingly on the news around the world are horrific acts of terrorism, barbaric acts of terrorism. And you could blame it on poverty, fundamentalism, ideologies, national conflicts, or you could look much closer to the bone, something much more intimate, more uncomfortable to look at. Who is the terrorist really? This whole idea of uh, terrorism is based in fundamentalist religious beliefs, money, power, greed even. But in a spiritual context, in the context of liberation or self-realization, Terrorism is a call to look much deeper into the human psyche, to examine the ego much more closely, much more intimately. Who is the terrorist inside of us, inside of you, inside of me? What is this negative aspect of the human mind that can enact horrific acts of barbarism, the cruelty of the Holocaust in Nazi Germany, what causes that kind of human behavior, that kind of collective human behavior. The scariest thing about Hitler is that ordinary people supported him in carrying out a horrific criminal act. Over six million people died as a result. And it's not that they are somehow separate, it's that they are ordinary human beings that became involved with a collective group idea and believed that that was the way to solve that particular problem. And what was viewed as the problem in Nazi Germany was the whole Jewish race and religion, right? And this became a pervasive belief that enabled them to enact horrifying acts of not just executions, right, mass executions, but experiments on human beings. The extermination of people that were considered inferior, right? And this is a, an aspect of the mechanical mind that might be a little bit more uncomfortable for us to examine. But the mechanical mind is deeply rooted in the genetics of our body, the genetic mind, this base drive to survive. And if you watch nature films, 
you can see for yourself that nature is brutal. You know, we see little pictures of a baby polar bear or a baby lion cub, and they look cute and cuddly. But the environment that they're born into is anything but cute and cuddly. It's harsh. It is impersonal. It is the genetic drive to propagate the species. And what's true in animals, in Africa or in the United States or in Europe, is also true for the human animal. We are basically animals. And in the core is this genetic drive to survive, which is very, very, very strong, right? And then in human beings, we have this very powerful mind. And we can do beautiful things with that mind, creative things with that mind, positive forces come from mind, positive forces for change come from mind. But this negative aspect of mind is also a part of all human beings, regardless of nationality, regardless of political or religious belief systems. So when I'm talking about or asking this question, who is the terrorist, it's not about religion. It's not about politics, and it's not about national identity, right? It's much, much closer in, much closer to the bone. Who is the terrorist in you? What is this aspect of the human mind that enables us to fight, to commit horrific crimes? And in its simplicity, it looks like the good guys and the bad guys. In the old 1940 films, the good guys always were dressed in white and rode white horses, and the bad guys were dressed in black, right, with black hats. So this, even this primitive idea of the good guy and the bad guy overlooks the source of terrorism, which is much more uncomfortable to look at, and this very primal drive to fight, this primal dot drive to believe your thoughts are true and the other person's thoughts are not true, or their belief systems that are different than yours are not the right way. Right? This is the nature of ego. This is the nature of duality. The good guys and the bad guys. From the terrorist perspective, they are the hero. They are the Robin Hood. They are the ones that are fighting to restore religious justice. A attempt by the mind to regain control and by using innocent victims to shock us out of our complacency, right? 
there's nothing really good about terrorism, of course. I'm not talking about good and evil. I'm talking about the human brain, the human mind, and this very, very strong genetic tendency to grab a hold of an idea or an ideology and kill for it, fight for it. For centuries, people have been killing each other over imaginary boundaries, imaginary belief systems, and this primal drive for dominance, for power, for control. And it's inside each and every one of us because it's genetic, right? This very strong movement to fight is in our genetics. So it's not just ideas and ideologies and national identities. But negative emotions cannot exist without imagination, without the identity, or even the identity, I am a terrorist, I am fighting the jihad, I am fighting for truth. I am fighting for freedom. I am fighting for peace, right? And activists have been fighting for peace for a long time, right? But this fight for peace is the exact thing that the people that want peace are against, right? Because this is a movement of mind against and in its most gross form, it shows up as terrorism, as barbarism, as barbaric, inhumane acts against other human beings. It, in its gross form, in its most primitive form, it's no different than a lion chasing after a gazelle, right? And killing it for food. But at least in nature, it's just killing it for food. In terrorism, it's this war of, of thoughts. This war of the genetic mind, the good guys and the bad guys. And there is a negative energy. If you look even at an atom and how an atom is constructed, it's positive and negative aspects of an atom, right? That's the structure of that this is molecular science, right? Or quantum physics. You have where you have positive, you also have negative. You have this paradoxical nature of this what we perceive to be the world but in the willingness to stop and deeply examine in yourself what is the terrorist inside of you this tendency to fight in your family it's not as extreme as what we've been seeing on the news right but there's still this fight to be right in any confrontation where you don't agree, there's this impulse to push against, to present your perspective and why your perspective is right and the other person's perspective is wrong. And in really 
intense disagreements that can escalate. And in today's world, when it escalates, it becomes a legal fight. Each side trying to prove they're right and the other person is wrong. This is the nature of duality, pushing against the other. But in this willingness to examine this darker aspect of mind, this is what the Buddha realized with Mara, the demon Mara was death and desire, right? This, he saw this as an aspect of him, his own self. And yes, he might have had a vision of a demon, and we could even say maybe it was a physical manifestation of what he perceived to be a demon. But he recognized that it was within him. It wasn't just whatever he saw. It was this reflection of his consciousness. This dark side of the moon, right? The shadow self within us. And so when we fight terror with terror... It only propagates that. It only generates more of the same. War never ended war. War has been happening since recorded history, right? But this Mara mind that's inside of you, it's inside of the human collective psyche, this tendency to believe our thoughts to such a degree that things like Nazi German ha Germany happened and if they were ordinary people it's easy to say they were the evil ones the dark ones but when you start to look at their ordinariness this is what makes Hitler's Nazi Germany so scary Hitler didn't do it by himself ordinary people enacted horrific event, acts of terror, barbarism, war crimes against an entire population of people. And it's rooted in this Mara mind, this deep identification with your physical body as being separate from everyone else and that your point of view is the right point of view. And to go to war to prove that you are right and the other person is wrong. And this can be born out of frustration. This can be born out of anger. This can be born out of a sense of rage of even being incarnate in a physical form. Right? So who is the terrorist is an opportunity to really deeply examine this dark side of your own mind, this Mara mind, this identification with this person and your perspective, right? Which is unique and separate from everyone else's perspective and in the willingness to examine that you can deeply examine much closer inside how that actually manifests how does this actually move into your life in any situation 
What causes this fight? Who is the fighter? Who is the one that wants to be right? Because no negative emotion can exist without your participation in your own self. The impulse to react or fight comes inside of you based on your imagination, right? Not the other person's actions. It's what you feel that action means about you or your circumstances. And certainly terrorism is in the extreme, right? It's an extreme example. Some of what we've been hearing in the news is so horrific, so barbaric. It's hard to even fathom that human beings could enact such acts of barbarism against another human being, regardless of the ideology, regardless of the religious beliefs or national identity. It is heartbreaking to see what has been unfolding in the Middle East, in Syria, in Israel, Ukraine. But even more heartbreaking that this has been happening for centuries. Even in the time of the Buddha, after his incredible realization of the clear awareness and the sacred teachings and sutras, Dharma talks that he was giving to people at that time, men and women, and just the fact that he was opening the door of spiritual practice for women was huge. It was a major shift in consciousness. But even then, when the Buddha was teaching, there was an army that crushed thousands of people with elephants just ran over them with giant elephants and crushed them to death. And when the Buddha received this news, this horrific news, he wept. He cried. This is the despair, right? The deep despair of the hopelessness of ignorance. the terror of ignorance, right? The heartbreak of ignorance. It's not a comfortable subject to deeply examine who is the terrorist. In its simplicity, the mind can separate it out into those of the evil people and we're the good people, the bad guys and the good guys, the white hat and the black hat of old time movies, right? But this is the nature of dual 
duality, a dualistic perspective that you're somehow different from the other people. But this podcast and what I'm pointing to here is not about religion, right? It's not about politics or national identities. It's an opportunity to deeply examine who is the terrorist much closer to the bone. Who is the terrorist inside of you? How does anger manifest inside of you? Right? What is the nature of a fight with someone else? What is the war of differing points of view all about? In its most gross form, it shows up as war, where we're literally annihilating one another, killing one another. Hitler's Nazi Germany is scary, not because he killed six million people, but because six million people were killed by ordinary human beings that became entangled with this ideology of perfection. And they carried out horrific war crimes thinking they were doing good thinking they were doing the right thing. And this is the mechanical mind. This is the mechanical mind of the human race, which is genetic. But the the mechanical mind can kill without any emotional feeling. Many of the people that actually shot people in ditches felt nothing. They felt no remorse, right? And a psychologist would call this sociopathic behavior. A sociopath, someone that doesn't feel anything about hurting or killing someone else, right? Or a serial killer. But they're somehow separate from us. There's this tendency to not want to look at this dark side of the human psyche, the human mind, the collective mind, the cultural mind, our deep identification with imaginary things, whether it's a nation or a flag or lines drawn on a map. If you look out throughout recorded history, we have been killing one another over imaginary lines for power, for prestige, for money, for fame. Alexander the Great is considered one of the greatest generals who ever lived, and he conquered huge amounts of territory, right? 
and generals to this day still study the tactics of war by examining Alexander the Great. And he was young. He, was, he died when he was 30 years old. More than likely he was poisoned or he got some disease and suddenly died at only 30, but he had already conquered the world. And after he had conquered the world of that time and antiquity, he said, I have everything and I have nothing. He wasn't fulfilled. He would have kept on conquering, kept on exploring if he hadn't died, right? So who is this? The terrorist is an opportunity for us to really deeply examine in ourselves this dark side. The fact that the people in Nazi Germany were ordinary human beings that believed so deeply in their cause that they were willing to do these horrific things, annihilate six million people, starve, torture, conduct experiments on human beings because they weren't seen as human beings. This is the nature of the mechanical mind. It's like a machine. It doesn't have any feelings. If you look at nature films, nature is harsh. It's not cuddly. We see a little lion cub and we think, oh, how cute. Or we see little baby, fluffy little baby penguin birds, and we're like, oh, how cute. But nature is ruthless, brutal, impersonal. And the genetics of the human mind, the mechanical mind, is impersonal. It is acting out of this very base and primal desire to survive. And if you look at what's been happening in the news, it's really in our face just how gross this can become. Beheading people with different belief systems. Right? This is at the grossest, most barbaric aspect of the human mind. And you could call this a dark force or a, demon, a demonic force, an evil force. But that negativity is not something relegated to a whole different group of people. That negativity is in the human psyche, in the ordinary human being, right? And most of us will not enact barbarism, barbaric acts of terrorism, right? because we deep down know that there's, there's just something fundamentally wrong with hurting anything, anyone. But in extreme situations, like what you see unfolding in the Middle East, we can't hardly even, we can't even hardly believe or understand or comprehend the extreme situation that they find themselves in. We don't understand what they're going through. From the point of view of the terrorist, they're the hero. They're the ones that are fighting the infidel. 
the evil one, right? And they've taken it to this very extreme and very narrow fundamentalist perspective, right? But this is an aspect of mind. It's the mind closing in so closely and tightly on an ideology that the ideology becomes more important than human life. It becomes more important than the life of the earth. When we drop bombs on another nation or another group of people, we're destroying the earth. So the ideology becomes more important. The imaginary lines become more important than life itself, than common human compassion and decency, right? It becomes barbaric to force people to listen to their rage, the human rage that we so avoid in spiritual circles is the rage of being incarnate in a body and the frustration of not being heard, right? And around the world there's conflict. You can look at what's happening in the United States with school shootings. This phenomenon of school shootings just keeps perpetuating itself because this is an aspect of mind that we're most uncomfortable with. Rage, despair, a sense of hopelessness, and acting out or following the very strong genetic impulse to fight to be right, to get rid of something we think is inferior, not good enough, which is what happened in Nazi Germany, carried out by ordinary people. And yes, maybe it was out of fear that they also would be killed if they didn't fulfill the tasks that they were assigned, but they were ordinary. And it's this genetic mind which is so strong. The neural net of your genetic mind is a like a net of energy stored in your DNA that makes breaking free from these very strong patterns of behavior to fight, to be right, very difficult to break free from, but not impossible but you, it begins by willing the willingness to examine this dark side that lives inside of you this impulse to fight and we label it dark side it's not even so much dark it's just a mechanical impulse of the mechanical mind the genetics of mind right the genetic mind is this strong tendency to fight, this strong tendency to be right, right? This Mara mind that the Buddha realized, right? Mara appeared as a demon, death and desire. And instead of running in fear, he became still. And he deeply examined this dark force that is part of the duality. If you have positive 
energy. You also have negative. The positive attracts the negative. If you look at an atom, there's negative and positive neurons, right, that create an atom. They coexist. But deeper than any polarity is this peace that surpasses all understanding. And the call for us to evolve has never been so loud as it is now. The volume has been turned way up on the planet. Part of that's because we are so connected through technology. If something happens in the Middle East, you know, minutes, seconds later, we hear about it. It's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube. It's in our face constantly. This Mara mind. And negative emotions cannot exist without imagination and identification. And we can become identified with our perspective. We can become identified with religion. We can become identified with our cultural belief systems. We can become identified with a nation. We can become so identified with a football team that will actually die in a football stadium over a game, right? Or a few years ago, people died because someone drew a cartoon of, with a picture of Muhammad and people died over a cartoon. This is the nature of a gross aspect, right, of acting out from this genetic mind, following the impulse to fight based on what we're perceiving to be real. People have been dying for centuries over imaginary boundaries. Where is the kingdom of Alexander the Great today? It was absorbed by Rome and part of Europe and it's changing, it's constantly changing and anything that changes is not real. And the thing that changes the most in your life is your thoughts, your feelings, what you're thinking, what you're imagining. And when you believe in your imagination, when you believe or project out onto someone else that they're somehow different from you, they're the bad one, they're the evil one. This is where war germinates, right? This is where it originates. This is how we plant the seed of war in ourselves. So the war is going on inside of you. And it's this fight with the shadow. Fighting terror with terror is fighting a ghost. It's fighting an invisible ideology, a religious belief system, which has gotten so far away from the purpose and intent right, of that religious practice that has really nothing to do with that religion or that practice. It is a fundamentalist or narrow perspective that's so narrow it's like looking at the entire world through a straw. 
And when your focus becomes that narrow and you can examine this in yourself, when your focus becomes that narrow on your perspective and how you were right and the other people are wrong, this good guy, bad guy that perpetuates war perpetuates the war inside the suffering nature of how you can fight with yourself even just in your own mind you can fight with yourself you can fight with people you can fight with the past things that you remember that you replay in your mind and you can get angry all over again when you think of an event that's no longer real anything that's in the past is not real anything no matter how horrific it was in this moment the past is dead and the future is non-existent and tomorrow never arrives tomorrow is always in the future the past is always dead and if you follow the movements of mind to identify with whether it's a football team or a nation or an ideology or a religious belief system it's that movement of mind to attach to that perpetuates suffering perpetuates war which generates more war which generates more suffering which generates more terrorism and the cycle continues until we are willing to stop collectively internally with ourselves and collectively as human beings this is the call to evolve to examine deeply who is the terrorist in you what is this Mara mind this demon of death and desire what is the nature of the genetic mind in you and it's in the willingness to take responsibility for this that we have the ability to break free that you have the ability to break free from this but it's not easy it takes the bone breaking strong desire to be free from the genetic mind from the terrorist mind from this idea that I am the hero and I am going to kill those who are in my way right this is the nature of terrorism right and we terrorize ourselves with imagination with revisiting the past with projecting that past onto the future by imagining what that means about other people and ourselves and until we take full responsibility until you take a hundred percent responsibility for any negative emotion that you are experiencing the war inside continues the war with your circumstances continues barbarism continues until we stop I mean really stop following this very strong genetic mind the mechanical mind look at it examine it and see what's deeper than the mechanical, the genetic, the thoughts, the emotions, to discover that you are the peace that surpasses all 
understanding. Thank you so much for listening. This is Koshi, and I'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you.